thank you for tuning in to the Fires of Revival podcast. It is my prayer that you are helped by the weekly ministry conversations and expositional teachings through Key Bible Passages. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast. And now for the episode. I am super excited for today's episode. We're starting a brand new series, something we'll be in for probably the next uh, month and a half to two months here. We'll see how the Lord leads in that. Uh, but at least the next six weeks I have episodes planned for it. We'll see if it goes into more. But just giving a quick life update, and you'll see how this ties into the series that we're going with. But for many of you who listen, no, I haven't really said much about it on the podcast, but my wife is expecting a child, or what well, was, uh, and then June 4th, uh, before this episode releases, uh, my wife gave birth and to our little boy, uh, Wesley Liam Prater. He was born uh, June 4th at 4.45 in the evening, 8 pounds, 1 ounce, 21 inches long. Super cool. So excited to be a dad. It's awesome. Uh, but I don't think I've shared it specifically on the podcast that my wife was expecting. I don't think I really I might have mentioned it, but I don't think I made a big deal of it. But with that being the case, I'm starting a new series that got me to thinking, you know, having a son and being a dad for the first time and how scary that is, just about new life, you know, new life coming into the earth, new life coming into the womb, coming into the world, and how that in Christ, when we get saved, we become a new creature. The Bible talks about that, you know, all things are past, behold, all things are become new. And I got to thinking about new life in Christ, and what does that mean in our life? What does that mean in your life and mine? And just kind of got to studying it out. And thought of at least six weeks of lessons, messages, teaching. We'll see if it goes. I believe it can go into more, but at least six weeks for now. Uh, just what comes with new life. So the title of this series is New Life Comes With dot dot dot. And then each week will be something that it comes with. So new life comes with whatever. New life comes with this. Today's episode being New Life Comes With Waiting. And looking at the spiritual discipline of patience, uh, specifically in the area of new life and what that means for us as believers. So hopefully... This is something you're excited about because I am. And before we get into this lesson, let's go ahead and pray. And normally I pray at the end, but we're going to do a little different here. Pray now. And as I pray, ask the Lord to work in your heart and spend some time while I'm praying. Now, obviously, if you're driving, don't close your eyes and pray. Just pray in your head. That would not be good. But you get the point. If you're able to pray where you are, I would challenge you to stop. And while I'm praying, ask the Lord to use this series to make a difference in your life. So let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day. I pray that you would just use this recording. Father, use this episode to really make a difference. That this new series, uh, New Life Comes With, will just really uh, prick the hearts of the listeners, help us to realize, again, the new life we have in Christ and what kind of comes along with that and helping see others experience this new life. Father, we ask all these things in your son's precious name. Amen. So, New Life Comes With Waiting. We're going to look at a few passages before we really get into the text for that. Uh, this new series about new life comes from two texts, the first one being Romans chapter 6, verse 4. I'll read it for you here. This is a common one used for baptism. But the Bible says this, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in, here it is, newness of life. What he's saying here, when we get saved, you're no longer an old creature dead in sin. You're now alive in Christ. You're walking in newness of life. It's like you're a brand new person, a brand new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things should become new. And as you're buried with him into death, meaning the old you has died, when you get saved, you have a new nature living inside of you. Yes, you still have the old nature you battle with, but you have Christ living inside of you. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence. You have him guiding you in life and living inside of you. And again, like this says, that even like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. The next text comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So Romans 6, 4 was the first one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I've already kind of quoted parts of it, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll look here at verse number 17, if I could find my place. The Bible says this, 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So again, when we get saved, we become a new creature. Everything is brand new. New perspective, a new life. You're turning a leaf on things. You are a new creature, new life, new experiences. Everything is brand new to you. You know, when you go somewhere you've never been before, it's a brand new place. You go to a restaurant you never tried before, everything's brand new, you've never seen the inside before, you're having food from there you've never had before, everything is brand new, everything is not like you expected it, and things are different. And in the Christian life, it's the same thing. When we trust Christ as Savior, everything changes. You may be thinking as a listener, well, I've been saved 15, 20 years. Well, there's still things in this new life you can experience. There's things in this Christian life that can be new to you that you can experience for the Lord. For instance, as I record this, I'm 23 years old. I got saved when I was 6 years old. So you can do the math there on how long I've been saved. But it's been a while. It's been over 10, 15 years. But you know what? Life is still new. I'm still experiencing new things in Christ. And I'm not going back to that old nature. So new life comes with waiting. We find this in Proverbs chapter 13. So as we think of this series for the next few weeks, think of Romans 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Both of those chapters deal with this new life. But... The text for this, New Life Comes with Waiting, comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 13. So if you'll find your place there, if you can, Proverbs 13. We'll look here at verse number 12, if I could find my place. Give me just a second. But Proverbs 13, 12. And again, if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to find your place. Follow along. I think it's great. If not, obviously don't for your own safety. But Proverbs 13, and we will look here at verse number 12. The Bible says this. Uh, here it is, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Have you ever had to wait for something, and it seemed like the more you waited, the longer it was before it came? It's like if you just, you know, thinking of a watch, the statement, a watch pot never boils. You know, you're watching the pot, waiting for it to begin boiling, and it seems like the more you stare at it, the longer it's going to be, and it's like it, things are going slower than it normally is. And it seems like you're playing the waiting game, maybe you're in life and you're about to graduate college in the next year or whatever and you've got some big decisions facing in front of you and you don't know the answers to them and you're thinking, what am I going to do with my life when I graduate? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do with my life? What job? Where am I going to serve? And all these questions begin to fill your mind and you're waiting and you're thinking, Lord, I wish you'd just give me the answer. I wish you'd just tell me right now where you want me to be. And it seems like you're just sitting there wondering, what is going on? God, what are you doing in my life? And you're in a stage of waiting. Well, in the Christian life, we have to wait for things. Again, as I asked, most of us listening don't like waiting. If I asked someone if they did, most people would tell me they hate it. Most people don't like waiting. It's not a thing we like. For instance, patience. It's one of those virtues that many want, but nobody wants what it takes to go through. Because to have patience, you have to deal with impatient people, which then builds patience in your life. So it's one of those virtues like waiting, very similar. We want to be good at it, but we don't want to have to exercise being good at it because that requires waiting when you don't want to. People say many scientists today have declared our world, our generation, as a microwave mentality generation, meaning we want things right here, right now. You know, with the microwave, you cook it, you, you, know, you press the button, you know, you have your food heated up for you, ready to go in one minute or two minutes, and it's done, ready to go. Whereas if you do an oven, you know, it might take you 10, 15, 20 minutes of preheating, getting it ready before your food to be heated. But a microwave, it's done right then and right there. And in our life, many of us are like that. We want things done immediately. We want it done our way. We want it done the correct way. And we're thinking, it has to be done this way or else. Most of us don't like that. For instance, uh, a lot of these parallels for each of these lessons, I'll be drawing it to my son now. Keep in mind, I'm no expert at being a father. I admit that. I know that. He'll hold a father at the time of recording this nine days. So still a whole lot to learn. But these are just a few observations I picked up from these few days and kind of gathering off of that. 
But you know, when my wife and I found out we were expecting, it took time. It wasn't, oh, one day you're expecting and two weeks later the child is here. No, it took it takes nine months for the child to get here. It takes time. It took us nine months of knowing our son was going to be here, knowing one day he'll be here, and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then finally nine months later, he's here. And it requires waiting. It requires patience. And I got to think of some parallels with this in witnessing especially. You know, when sharing the message of new life, the message of Christ, Jesus Christ, John 3.16, the, the gospel, sharing that, you know, it takes people time to receive. Think of your life. Think of when you got saved. Maybe you were five years old, six. Maybe you got saved as a teenager. Maybe you got saved as an adult. Maybe you grew up in church and even spent the nine months in the womb growing up in church, and you heard the gospel inside and out, and you could repeat it to anybody. Maybe it wasn't real to you until you graduated high school. Or maybe you're like me. You got saved as a five, six, seven-year-old boy and got those things nailed down. But each of our testimonies are different, but we all get saved the same way. And in that, you know, sharing this message of new life, it takes many of us time to receive. For instance, most people don't get saved the first time they hear the gospel. It usually takes time. I remember my life uh, when I finally heard it for the first, I mean, I heard it my entire life, but finally hearing it personally and realizing it was for me, it took about three to four times of explaining the gospel for me to finally get it. I remember on a Wednesday night at church asking my parents what salvation was, and they witnessed to me and shared the gospel with me, but things didn't really click at the time. So a week later, they took me to my pastor and Brother Jim, my pastor at the time, sat down and shared the gospel, shared the very same thing. My parents shared with me a week before. It still didn't click. Took another week or two. They went and took me to him again a second time to get more counseling on it. And finally, that third time, it started to click. Things started to make sense. And I began to realize that, you know, the sinner in Scripture, that's me. That I'm a sinner, that I'm deserving of hell, but that Christ loved me so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sin, that sin debt. And all that I had to do was to accept that, to receive his free gift and trust it by faith, and that I would go to heaven when I died. And that free gift, again, it took time for me to receive it. It wasn't my parents didn't get upset the first time I heard the gospel and rejected it and thought, oh, he's lost cause, he's done, he's over. No, it took time of constantly sowing the seed. Think of the parable of the sower, right, in the gospel records. The man is sowing the seed constantly, sowing the seed out. And no doubt many of those seeds he tossed landed where other seeds had landed before, but nothing had planted up just yet. And it takes time. And it takes some effort. It takes some work. So maybe you're listening today and you're thinking, well, I want everyone to experience new life. I'm witnessing to a coworker. Maybe you're witnessing to someone on your church visitation that you've been visiting week after week, maybe a neighbor or family member. I don't know who it is. But whoever that person is you're trying to share the new life with, the gospel, don't, don't give up. Don't get discouraged this evening or this morning or whenever it is that you're listening to this. Continue pressing on. Again, it took me several times of hearing the gospel to finally understand it and get saved. And it takes us time as well. Don't get discouraged with people aren't getting saved. You know, it might take time. Maybe that person that you poured your heart out to and really gave them the gospel and seemed like you were pouring it out to them for 30, 45 minutes didn't get saved. Don't, get, don't quit. Don't think, well, they're a lost cause. I talked to them once. It's over. No, try it again. Ask the Lord to help you. Go with them with boldness and proclaim with them what the Bible has to say about salvation and do it again. Proclaim this new life. It takes patience. It takes waiting. It takes time. It's not something that happens overnight, typically. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6. I believe there's a principle found in Scripture that applies to this, and you'll see what I'm saying here. Galatians chapter 6. We'll go there very quickly and see what the Bible has to say about this. So again, new life and sharing this message, it often takes time. And I'd be encouraged to hear listeners maybe reach out to me. Let me know how long it took you. Maybe it was just one time, and I love hearing those stories, and I love being a part of witnessing to someone for the first time when they hear the gospel and they get saved. I love that. But that's, that's not everybody. Not everybody is like that. 
Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, the Bible says this, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And I love that promise. He says, let us not be weary in well-doing, meaning don't quit when you're doing the good thing, the right thing of sharing new life, for instance, of doing that's a good thing. It's a great thing, by the way. He's saying, don't get weary in that. Don't get discouraged and think, well, nobody else is giving out tracts. Nobody else is telling others about Jesus. I might as well quit. I might as well throw in the towel. He says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Here it is, for in due season, meaning at the right time, we shall reap. That's a promise, meaning you will reap if we faint not. He's saying, if you promise not to faint, if you continue sowing and continue sowing and continue sowing, the Bible says in due season you'll reap. Think of a garden, for instance. When you plant a garden, you don't put the seed in the ground and two seconds later the garden sprouted up and you have you know all your vegetables and all your plants grow. No, it takes time. It takes months. For instance, planting a tree in the ground. For that tree to grow up and get big enough to begin to produce fruit, it takes years. When we were growing up, uh, my parents, they had a bunch of trees. And I remember as a child seeing many of those trees planted as little sprouts. And as I got older in high school, I began to see a lot of them, you know, get bigger and things. But that took my entire life. It took, you know, from age four or five to about 16, 17, 18 to finally see some of the fruit of these trees and to see them really take off and to really grow. It takes time. It's not just a one-time thing of, oh, I, I planted the seed. God, like you said, it's going to grow tomorrow. No, it takes time. It takes effort. It takes waiting. It takes patience. Again, Galatians 6, 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And that's the key this evening. The key this morning is not to get weary. If you've been sharing this message of new life in Christ to others and it seems like nothing's working, and it seems like everybody you witness to rejects it, it seems like everybody you witness to rejects the message and doesn't want to accept it, don't get discouraged in that. Cling to this promise in Galatians 6 that if we continue to reap, in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So, Again, it takes time for a baby to grow, for instance. You know, when my son was born, he didn't come out as an 18-year-old man. He, he came out as a newborn who was brand new at life, and he has to grow. One day he's going to learn to walk, and one day he's going to go off to school, and one day those things, those progressions are going to take place. But for that to take place, it takes time. It takes growing. It takes growing pains. It takes waiting, patience. And they keep repeating these things, but they're doing it on purpose to get in your mind. And it's true in life. Spiritually, sometimes, sometimes things take time. It takes patience. It takes waiting. It takes just plodding away. Again, Proverbs 13, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, meaning waiting on things can make us sick at times. It would seem that way. But when the desire or the answer cometh, it is a tree of life. It's something that brings life. It brings joy. It brings happiness to you. Waiting and waiting. My wife and I waited nine months to see our son. It seemed like it would never come. But then the moment finally came when he appeared, and it was all joy again, like a tree of life, like Proverbs 13 says. So don't get discouraged, listener. You might not like waiting. I don't like it either. None of us do. But in life, serving the Lord does require patience. It's a virtue that many of us, myself included, don't have, that we need, that God wants us to have. But it happens when we trust Him and we cling to the promise of Galatians 6. Now, now watch as God will begin to work. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day, this time again for us to record this. I pray that you use this episode to really make a difference, Father. Use it to encourage someone who's ready to quit. Use it to prod someone along who stopped. And help us, Father, to again to cling to your word and to just hold tight to that promise of Galatians 6, Father, and let you make the difference in our heart that you plan to make. We ask all these things in your Son's name. Amen.